welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Welcome back to Living Box Free. So glad you're here with us in 2021. We are starting over again. Again. (laughs) (laughs) It's a new year trying to help each of you and each of us, both Becky and I, want to be better versions of ourselves here in 2021. And so we're talking through in this series a few topics where we know we usually like to start over. We usually like to do new things and new diets or new physical fitness plans or new goals or whatever, and the ways that we often fail. And so we decided, because we often start with food first and fail with food first in the new year, that we would start talking about food. Just like a, you know, light, easy topic. Everyone... (laughs) Everyone can relate to food. Well, that is true. We all eat it. That is true. Everyone can relate to food. Everyone has a different relationship with food, which we will talk about in a minute. But before we do that, Becky, what's on the rise for you this week? What is on the rise for me this week? I have been home alone. Wow. What? I know that might sound, I'm not talking about the Christmas movie Home Alone. I know that (laughs) might sound like so simple, but I went back to work last week. Yeah. Or two weeks ago now. Yeah. And it was the first time we have childcare, which is amazing. And I was home alone and it was so quiet. Tristan was at work Mm -hmm. and within like three hours, I got more stuff done than I could in a week uh, with baby Sawyer around. So it is, it's very odd at times and yeah. weird and it's, it's a few days a week, but yeah, that's what's on the rise for me. Being home alone, getting stuff done, getting things checked off. <laughs> All right, Ashleen, what is on the rise for you this week? Ooh, well, I, at the same time that Becky went back to work, I started a new job as a digital media director. And so I have been learning all the ropes about that. So it's been about two weeks and I had to refresh my web coding skills, which are not very extensive. I do have them. I have some coding skills, but they're not they're not great, I wouldn't say. Better than mine. And so <laughs> my boss was like, okay, yeah, you can just go in here and edit this, and it's in HTML. I hope that's okay. And I was like, ah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I'd be like, copy, paste, <laughs> just in case I mess it up. Then I'll go do it. I do. I, I usually open whatever I'm doing on a tab and then I open the old version on the next tab so that I can cross and compare and make sure I don't screw anything up and I can always put it back if I need to. So yeah, that's what's on the rise for me. You don't want to start that over again. (laughs) Oh, I just deleted the whole website. Whoops. My bad. Oh my gosh. I did a little bit of that in college, Yeah, but I remember very little. Yeah. Yes. It's coming back. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Anyway, let's jump into this food topic, shall we? Yes. Food. We all have to eat it. So we can all relate to, to the consumption of food. Our relationship with food is often different, and we'll talk through that. First off, um, we're starting with food, like Ash said, because that's probably the most common New Year's resolution. We are going to also have an episode on goal setting. Goal setting, super important. Uh, here's, here's because we love quotes. And of course, I don't have who these are by, because that's <laughs> our true style, how we operate. But two quick quotes on goals. One of them, the moment you put a deadline on your dream, it becomes a goal. I don't think I've heard that one. I, of course, I love deadlines. Yes. <laughs> I like this one. It's so true. You can always say, I'm going to get in shape someday. Right. I'm going to eat better someday. 
Someday is not a goal. Right. That's an aspiration or a dream. So without a deadline, you're not going to you're not going to get there. Yeah. So that's that's key. The second one, dreams don't work unless you do. <sighs> Bummer. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, Becky's just slapping us with reality right here to kick things off. You know what's funny is that that is written on a little like wooden sign that is on the bottom shelf under the TVs at the gym. It's on the very bottom shelf. And I help clean at the gym sometimes. And so I often, I often am down there dusting. So I'm usually like on my hands and knees dusting that sign off. And I'm like, I'm working. I'm working. I'm working. <laughs> Where are my dreams? I love it. I actually forgot that was on that sign. Clearly, I like that. like that <laughs> quote. And the point is, when it comes to a new year and wanting to be a better, better version of yourself, we have to set goals. We have to write things down. We have to be specific. And we need to be realistic. And so in our, our goal-setting podcast, which will be after this one, tune back in. We are going to refresh our memory for those who are already familiar with SMART goals. We'll refresh our memory on SMART goals Uh, which is a great format for capturing down what we want to accomplish. We also are going to talk a little bit about do goals versus who goals. Mm. And Ash has some great examples of, she started that very long ago. Not that college was that long ago, but (laughs) many, many years ago, (laughs) many, many years ago. (laughs) And we'll also talk about making sure we have short-term goals, long-term goals and why less is more. Mm. This is something I've had to learn because I love goals However, less is more. Yes. Yes. So we'll talk about that in our next episode. You probably have already jotted down some goals, most likely one of them being about food, which is what we are going to focus on today as we kick off this series. So Ash, tell us a little bit about what what can people's relationship with food look like? Because we know food is very, it's a personal thing. It is. It's so complicated and it has so many different factors. I'm sure I didn't list them all. And I won't remember them all, but these are just some of the the top ones are appearance. I mean, when you think about body image and food, those are completely connected, even though they're not necessarily, there's no direct correlation necessarily between food that's sitting on your plate and what you look like in the mirror. There can be, but it's not necessarily true, but Mm -hmm. we do relate those two things. So that's complicated. Um, tastes. I mean, what some people like and what some people don't like. I mean, some people would argue you just eat it anyway. Some people like vegetables. Some people don't like vegetables and they eat them anyway. Some people don't like chocolate, which I just think those people are psychopaths. What? That's a different, that's a different Chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah. Unless you're allergic to them. I don't know why you don't want them. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Drop us a comment if you uh, don't like chocolate or peanut butter. We will interview you later. We'll pray for you. (laughs) We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. (laughs) (laughs) So tastes, upbringing. I mean, this is a huge one. Your history with food and what your family of origin taught you about food. Um, And we'll talk about mine and Becky's specific experiences with that. And accessibility. I mean, some people didn't have healthy food growing up. They didn't have the ability to choose vegetables or their parents didn't have the ability to choose to give them vegetables. So that makes Mm -hmm. a big difference. And even now, that's still true. Finances, kind of the same concept of like, what can you afford to buy? Can you buy organic? Can you not buy organic? What does that look like? I know I used, I actually have a better relationship with buying organic now that I'm friends with Becky, because I feel like she's <laughs> taught me I don't have to be as freaked out about like not buying organic or free range things oh, yeah. as a, you know, 
FFA person. It's yes. helpful. Yes. Helpful. Conventional is good. Just wash your stuff. Those, yeah, exactly. <laughs> to have that input. Anyway, um, so financial can be a part of it. Awareness. How do you even know what to eat? I mean, there are so many different diets. I'm going to talk about paleo, keto, I don't know. I don't all the things, all the options. Whole 30. Plant based. Eating for your blood type. I mean, how do you even know what's best for you? That can be just a real struggle. I'm currently counting macros. It's hard for me to know how many macros to eat. And I've gotten input from several people and I still don't feel confident. So Mm. awareness of that. And then cultural expectations, which I think we talked a little bit in our intro episode about like coming out of the holidays and those traditional holiday things surrounding food. I mean, that's a huge part of how we celebrate anything. Like I think about any time one of my coworkers has a birthday or even when my friends has a birthday, I'm like, okay, let's go out to eat or let's yep. eat together. And that is a cultural expectation and that can change somewhat depending on your lifestyle and who you're friends with, but it is, it's part of it. So those are just some of the things that play into our relationship with food. I can look at that list. Yeah. And I feel like for a lot of us, we can relate to multiple of those things on there. And it maybe depends on where we were in life as well. And so one of the questions we are going to dive into is what is our background and our personal experience with food for Ash and myself? I I will. So this goes back to the upbringing. And I will say I have amazing parents. My relationship with food, I would also have to say is very related to my mother's relationship with food. I will never forget there was a an evening and my mom and I were watching America's Next Top Model. Tyra Banks <laughs> smiles with those eyes. I love that show. And I remember my mom saying, Becky, you could be a model if you lost weight. You would huh. be so pretty. And I think that's a backwards compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I think yep. it was a backwards compliment. That's what we call a backhanded compliment. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, she doesn't say, she didn't say that to be mean. Oh, and my mom not. is a very honest person. Yeah. However, I don't, you don't forget those things. And I was always a little chubby as I was growing up and didn't really think much food was really just fuel and fun. That's what it was for me. Mm-hmm. And then come high school, I remember my sister, my mom started Weight Watchers and asked if I wanted to join. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? And then it was my sophomore year of high school and I saw a picture of myself and I was like, oh my gosh. And my mom at that point was doing Atkins. So you can already see, we talk about diets. That was something my mom did often and would switch it up and was very much count calories, restriction. And I decided I was going to do Atkins with my mom. And I went from about 175, 180 down to 120 in less than a year. Yikes. And I didn't have my period for over a year. I started to lose my hair. So it was definitely unsustainable and unhealthy. It was, yes. However, I actually remember going to the doctor with my mom because my hair was falling out. And my mom's like, no, she's fine. She's eating enough, which I will admit at that point, food was the enemy to Mm -hmm. me. And so there were times when I would lie and I'd be like, oh yeah, I ate dinner and I didn't. Yeah. And so it, my mom, you know, to her, you know, to protect her, you know, she didn't know all the time because I became obsessed with the scale. So at that point, I mean, that's when food really shifted for me to a negative thing throughout college. A lot of us in college, right? You, You start to gain weight. I stayed small for a while, but then having fun with friends, 
eating, going out. Eventually I ended up putting on quite a bit of weight again. And then food really became that stress reliever, that emotional, uh, that emotional crutch whenever I was stressed out. And then after college, that's when I met Tristan. And I'd have to say my relationship with food most drastically changed when I started CrossFit. Even before CrossFit and after college, I was running, but I was still trying to consume low calories, counting calories, and just working out a bunch. CrossFit was the first time that when I thought, oh my gosh, being strong is actually a good thing. Like I don't have to just be skinny, but having strength and feeling fueled is, is good. Yeah. And so for me personally, CrossFit was that vehicle to help me get back to a positive relationship with food. I actually love eating healthy now quite a bit. I still, food for me is fuel, but it is also fun. I'm able to go out to brunch with friends. I'm able to eat cake at Christmas and not go off the deep end. And it is just a part of that cultural experience and that, that fun, but it's not something that triggers me um, to go back to a negative place. Yeah. So that's the long-winded answer. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. Yeah. Ash, tell us, what has your relationship with food been like? Yeah. Well, even as you were talking, I was thinking that is probably a lot of people's per- or experiences, at least in our generation. I'm curious, though, if we had a guy in here, if that would be the same. Um, that's a good Anyway, question. so that's an interesting thought, kind of a mm-hmm. side note. But yeah, my food experience has been a little bit different than that. I, growing up, I mean, again, yeah, my relationship with food was influenced by my mom's relationship with food. And it wasn't until I was probably in my mid-20s that I realized that in our family, we treated food as a moral construct. So food can be good or food can be bad. Uh, When in reality, food has no moral quality. Like it's not good. It's not bad. It's just a thing that we use to fuel our bodies or we use to feel better or so it's not good or bad. And trying to get away from that language has really detailed a lot of my story over the past, I don't know, I'd say 10 years. So growing up, I was allowed to eat pretty much anything. Most of my high school years, I ate uh, beef flavored ramen for lunch. Oh, almost my entire high school career, high school or college, high school. Oh, yeah, because I was homeschooled, so I made yeah. ramen at home, or my mom made it for me some days. Convenient. But yeah, very convenient, with uh, French onion sun chips on the side. So really healthy, lots of carbs. <laughs> oh, I've actually never had ramen noodles. Oh, really? So is there any actual meat in it? It's no. just flavored beef? No, it's just flavored water with noodles. Mmm. Yay. <laughs> Yay. But even as I say that, I'm like, oh, it's delicious. I want some. <laughs> oh, so it tastes good. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I spent a lot of my high school days just pretty much eating whatever. Um, by the time I got to college, I I was treating food as something to help me feel better or something when I was stressed, I ate more. So I did end up gaining quite a bit of weight in college, as a lot of women do. Um, and it was mostly because I didn't have control over what I was eating. I was eating in the cafeteria mm-hmm. all my college years, and I didn't really know how to to deal with that and to how to figure out what to eat at the cafeteria. And I wasn't exercising a ton. I did start running in college and hated it. I still <laughs> hate running. And You're good at it, though. I, 
Well, thanks. I think it's that grit. Oh. You just keep going. Okay, sure. Even when you fall. We'll talk about that next time. <laughs> <laughs> or during the grit episode. Um, oh, even when I fall. Yeah, that's true. That's I did true. face plant. Yes. And I got up and kept that's running. It's not just a hypothetical example. You're right. This is, is a true, true example. <laughs> a true story. Even when you fall on concrete, you <laughs> keep going. <laughs> and lose part of my hand. Anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I started running, and I think that actually gave, in my mind, it gave me permission to eat more food. So rather than losing weight, I gained weight. And that was really frustrating and demoralizing. Um, and what ended up happening was that I developed this sort of obsessive thought pattern around food. I couldn't help but think about what I was going to eat next. And that's all. It felt like all I could think about. Clearly, it wasn't all I could think about, but it felt like it. Yeah. And this was, I was probably in my mid-20s at this point, early to mid-20s. And I just didn't know what to do. And so finally, I saw advertised somewhere a a 12-step program that had a variety of different addictions. They had a place for food addicts. And so I started going. And I think I only went maybe three times, which I would recommend going more than that if you, <laughs> if you, need, if you need help with something. But basically what happened is I went and I realized, oh, this is what's happening. I'm focusing on food to fulfill my emotional needs. And I need to find something else to do that. Mm-hmm. And then if I can take food away as a moral construct, as something that's good, something that helps me feel better, then I'm not going to rely on it as much and I'm not going to think about it as much. So that was a process for sure. But I think at this point, I'm mostly, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit in that dance between food is fuel and then, yeah, the cultural side of things. And mm-hmm. I just enjoy things like beer. I enjoy beer. So trying to balance, do I want this beer because I enjoy it or is it better for me to not have that. And I think there is some, like, I'm trying not to reward myself with food or alcohol because that, again, gets into kind of that tricky space of is it good or is it bad? I've been good, so I'm rewarding myself with food and trying to stay away from that. So I think a lot of people can also relate to your running experience. I know a lot of people who start running and they actually gain weight Yeah, for that exact reason. You're hungrier. You think you can eat more. Yep. That's very relatable. How yeah. long, just out of curiosity, how long after you went to that, the addiction program, the, those three sessions, how long did it take you after that to get to a good place with not thinking about it all the time? I think it, it really didn't take that long. Okay. And it might've been because I was already doing some work on it and going to counseling. And so it wasn't just like, oh, three sessions, I'm out. But I had already been processing it and trying to figure it out. And I think those three sessions for whatever reason just really clicked and helped me figure out, okay, I just need to think about this completely differently and not think of food as good or bad. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, that just really helped me change my perspective. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we have opened up about our relationship with food. So clearly we are not perfect. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, you know, not that it's that glaring, but yes, it is. <laughs> uh, so we, we have had this journey as well with food positive, negative relationship, trying to figure out what's that healthy place um, for us mentally to be when it comes to food. So what are we recommending? These these first few weeks in January, the new year, as we kick things off, food is probably a piece of our goals that we've set. So first off, let's think through tips on perspective or our viewpoint. And actually, Ash, you just talked about this whole food is not a morally good or bad thing. Yeah. That's a huge perspective. Yes. And uh, so, and I I would say that's something maybe some people growing up 
could ex- to, could relate to. So yeah. really thinking through food, it's not good or bad. Yeah. And I think there's a large language part of that too. Like we even, you and I even still say, oh, I ate so bad this weekend. Yes. And that just puts this idea on it that you have behaved badly. You've done something wrong and you need to be punished. Whereas eating healthy is not a punishment. And so, yeah, it's just an interesting thing that I try to yeah. be aware of, but I'm not always. It's almost like shifting that language to, ah, I, I didn't stick to my meal plan this, this weekend. Yeah. Or, or yeah, I let myself I'd, enjoy food this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. A few other things. And I know uh, Ash talked about going to a program. So uh, this, this part of food is pretty near and dear to my heart because I have a family member who has actually gone and is still going to an addiction program and working through not letting food consume every thought in that person's mind. And ironically enough, if you're out there thinking, gosh, I feel like I could be addicted to food. Don't feel bad. 20% of Americans are actually have a food addiction or exhibit addictive like behavior. So it is common. Yeah. And you are not alone. Another statistic here food addiction occurs 7% in women and 3% in men. That's pretty high. Yeah. So uh, women, want want. <laughs> it's higher for us. I don't know if we have more stress. I don't know how that works. I'll link the uh, the resources, the studies here that go with that, that information. I would definitely just say, you know, when it comes to food, don't be ashamed to go seek help. Mm-hmm. Ash gave a good example of that. Uh, Food today can be very addictive, especially that processed stuff that's so good and has all the yummy sugars in it. So it can be addictive and there are ways to overcome that. So you're not stuck. If you feel like you're stuck now, it is totally possible to get out of that. And something I only recently thought about, my, um, my therapist was helping me figure out a new general practitioner to go to. And she gave me a list of people. I forget the word she used. It was like food, not food friendly. It was, I can't remember what term she used, but basically it was people, doctors that she had worked with that she knew were not going to focus solely on weight. So, which is super helpful if you do have a negative relationship with food to go into the doctor's office, because I've had this happen, to go into the doctor's office and they'd be like, well, you've gained 7.8 pounds since I saw you last. How are you going to lose that? Like, well, maybe it's muscle. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Do we have to focus mm-hmm. on that? I mean, weight is part of an equation, but it's just not something. If you have a negative relationship with food, you don't want to boost that negative relationship with food through the opinion of your doctor who's focused on weight. So that's just something to consider. That is really cool. I wouldn't have even thought of that. So <clears throat> tips on perspective one is how do you see food, your relationship with it? Do you need to get help? Another piece, and this kind of goes back to what you just said with the doctors, who are you surrounding yourself with and what is their relationship with food? You know, who's the doctor you're going to and how are they making you feel about food? So the book Atomic Habits, I I read that a year ago, and it has a story example in there that really focuses on your environment and how your environment impacts uh, your success or failure with good or bad habits. And this one story is about Vietnam War veterans there's a lot of Vietnam War veterans who were addicted to heroin. It was very common. But what happened when they came back to the United States, and Ash and I, we are not your heroin experts here. Certainly not. But I've heard it's very hard to become unaddicted to it. It's a very addictive drug. Nine out of ten of those addicts 
when they came back to the United States and their environment changed and they were with their family, with different people, nine out of 10 of them were no longer addicted to heroin. Wow. That's crazy. Yes. And so this book, Atomic Habits, uh, definitely a great one you should read. It talks about how important the people you surround yourself with and the environment is. When you think about someone who's, let's say, addicted to heroin here in the United States at home, Mm -hmm. they go to a rehab facility, they're in a totally different environment. There's different people around them. When they come back home to where they were before, that's why it's so easy for them to relapse because they're back in that same environment with the same family or friends potentially that they had surrounded them before. Absolutely. So when it comes to the people you surround yourself with, ask yourself, you know, do these people help make me better with my relationship with food? Maybe, I mean, you can still be friends with people who don't see food in a positive way. However, it's maybe avoiding those dinners or brunches. Right. And avoiding food being the, the focus of your time with that person. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the other things, the tips we would give you is, I kind of talked about this, but it's basically, are you using food as a coping skill? So do you have something negative you're experiencing or do you just want to, you know, kick back after a long day? Are you using food or alcohol as a coping skill to make you feel better? So just, and you don't even have to stop that right away. Just think about it. Am I, because <laughs> I I have this thing that I do, especially during quarantine, it got even more so, but every once in a while I'll go to the fridge and I'll open it and I'll stand there and then I'll say out loud, which really disturbs my roommate, <laughs> Ashleen, are you hungry or is your soul just empty? Ooh, <laughs> deep. You need to put that, like, you need to write that in the little magnet letters yeah, on, on my fridge. fridge. <laughs> <laughs> and my roommate's usually like, I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> like... <laughs> But yeah, I have to ask myself, am I actually hungry? Do I need fuel? Or am I just trying to fill something that really, honestly, food can't fill? And I can go call a friend or I can go take a walk or just recognize that I'm feeling sad right now and that's okay. So trying to figure out, am I using food as a coping skill? That's really good. So what what are some quick examples of how you reward yourself without food? Mm, That's good. I haven't figured out a really great system because food is easy and it's Mm -hmm. quick. So I can be like, Oh, I'll just go get a snack. I'm so proud of myself. I got my list done. Yeah. As opposed to if I want to go for a hike as a fun thing to reward myself, I have to plan it out. It takes more time. I have to be like, Oh, this takes two hours. So sometimes doing something fun, like I'll even let myself watch five minutes of a TV show because it reminds me that life is fun and I can chill and relax work on a crossword puzzle or read one chapter of a book that I like. Mm -hmm. Things like that that I know make me feel better just by doing them, even if it's really short. And then setting up some of those big things like, yeah, going for a day hike or going out to brunch with friends and being like, okay, I'm choosing this because I am rewarding myself, but I'm aware that I'm rewarding myself. And I think awareness Mm -hmm. is really key there. Yep. Mine's The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Oh. That's what it's been recently. It's like I told Tristan, I do one thing a day for myself. If I had a successful day, when I come home and I'm feeding Sawyer, I'm turning on some reality TV. (laughs) And I'm going to watch it for an hour before you get home. Wow, you and I just could not be more different. (laughs) (laughs) But but it is. It's like, okay, there are certain things that can be good and bad depending on how you use them. Um, So for me, that's one way that I... Instead of treating myself with food, I treat myself with junky TV. Yeah. No junk food, junky TV. Yeah. Um, also, my, I, I think the other cool thing you talked about, how do you handle difficult emotions when you're mm. stressed? 
fortunately, my my coping has definitely shifted to I love working out, and that's a way. If I go work out, even if I don't feel like it and I'm stressed, I always feel better afterwards. That's yeah. just me. But I think there are other people like that out there. Which we'll probably come back to that when we talk about getting in shape because when you're injured, that plays a big role in it. And that's why a lot of people do gain weight when they're injured. Mm-hmm. It's a bis- It's kind of a big cycle. We'll come back to that another yes. time. Yes, we will. Put a pin in it. <laughs> let's talk about accountability. Yes, let's. I mean, we talked about it a little bit of like who, you know, what's the relationship with food of the people mm-hmm. around you. But there's also another level of that, and that's telling people what your relationship with food is and asking them to help you reach your goals mm-hmm. and keep you accountable. What examples do you have? What examples do I have? I mean, right now we're doing a gym-wide challenge. Oh, yes. Yeah, and so I am chasing Jen Zents on the challenge leaderboard. I'm, I'm not going to catch her. I'm not. You can. We'll it's see. Only, it's only two weeks in. If she takes a rest day. Maybe I'll catch her. Ooh, she rides that bike a lot. I know. I don't know. If, I know. Just anyway. don't ever rest. <laughs> <laughs> so I have goals set for that challenge of healthy eating and you know counting counting macros, and so that in and of itself is a great accountability thing. Other times, I'll, I will tell. Um, like there was a six week period in last year that I decided I'm not going to drink any alcohol because I do feel like I'm using it as a coping skill, and I'm not comfortable with that. And that can turn, I do have a history of addiction in my family, and that can turn really quickly into an al- alcoholic mm-hmm. addiction. And I'm not, I'm not okay with that. So I did tell my friends, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be sober for six weeks at least and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, went really well, by the way. That's awesome. Um, so those are my, my things. What about mm-hmm. you? My biggest food-related accountability is my fitness pal. Mm-hmm. And I know my fitness pal is an app. Uh, However, for me, it's my sister and I, we both multiple times will say, okay, we're tracking our food starting today. And that really has helped me. We aren't doing it right now because we're, we're both pretty good. And like you said, our gym's doing a challenge and that's really holding me accountable. But there have been times where my sister and I have physically screenshotted a picture of our our MyFitnessPal and we text it to each other the end of the day. Yeah. And no matter what, you got to record it. <laughs> so my sister's going to see if I ate something that wasn't yeah. on my plan. And that's okay. Yeah. But that for me, that's a, my big accountability. Tristan used to be my accountability. It's just easier now to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. I think life's busy. And my sister and I, genetically, I'd say that we have similar goals. And we can relate to our composition, yeah, yep, <laughs> where things are, yep. So that's that's one of my favorite accountability tools. My fitness pal and my sister, I can be completely vulnerable with. Yeah, we have shared frustrations, yeah, um, and goals. Yeah, yeah. During that season, when I was, I did start going to that um, addiction program. My best friend and I were texting back and forth at the end of the day, like a list of what we ate that day, mm. and I, that was before my fitness pal or. I just didn't know about my fitness pal, but basically it was like, here's what I ate. I know you, you don't care. Like you don't care if I had a cup of raisins or half a cup of raisins, but it helps me to write it down and to say it out loud. Just the action of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So people, tools, my fitness pal, committing. I mean, those are all great accountability tools. Here's, here's the big one. Mm -hmm. How are we realistic based? I mean, we are all in different places, our relationship with food. What can we do in this new year to start off with a realistic goal or 
action to help get us where we want to be. I think one key part of that is to look up for your weight. How many pounds of fat should I lose per week to have it be sustainable and healthy? Um, And that's something you can just Google. Mm-hmm. Um, or how, how long will it take me to gain five pounds of muscle if that's what you want to do? Or how long should it take me to increase my endurance by this much? Or whatever that is to set those kinds of goals if, if you are interested in, you know, fat loss or muscle gain or those kinds of things. Yep. What other tips do you have? Uh, for the people who are very quantitative and like the numbers and that doesn't put them in a negative headspace, I think what you said is perfect. Like, really thinking what's healthy, what's sustainable for those people out there. And I was like this at one point. Oh yeah. It's not healthy to step on the scale every day. It is not healthy to measure everything because you become obsessed. Yep. One of my favorite years, it was, gosh, I don't know, three or four years ago, I did whole 30. It's kind of when whole 30 was fresh and big. Yeah. Yeah. And that was what really helped me give up pop. Mm -hmm. I used to drink so much pop and I didn't measure anything. And that's part of Whole30. You don't measure anything. Don't yep. step on the scale. You just eat whole foods. And there's a list. And pop, you don't get to have. Yeah. And and that's something else I'd encourage people, based on where you're at, maybe by just giving up one thing, like pop. Maybe, just, maybe it's beer. Giving up one thing for a little bit. And maybe you ask yourself, okay, did I really need that? Is that something that I enjoy for fun? Is it something that's coping mechanism? But, you know, think of what is something super small that you can do that long term will have a big impact. Mm-hmm. And I 100 percent can tell you not drinking pop pop. It had so much sodium in it. I felt like I would just I constantly had more like swelling or inflammation yeah. in my face and stuff. Giving up pop. I was like, "Ooh, look at these cheeks. Oh, <laughs> there's some bones in there. What? All of a sudden, that sodium, I was like, man, ooh. Look at my nose structure. Look at that, look at that water weight that just came off. So who knows? Like, But pick pick something that yeah. you know you can do. Find accountability for it. And you don't have to measure everything. You oh, don't absolutely. have to weigh yourself. And start simple. Yeah. Awareness, again, I think is a huge part of that. Are you eating in front of the TV? Are you and not paying attention to how much you eat or whether you're still hungry or not? Are you, yeah, are you sitting down and enjoying meals with other people? Are you eating by Mm -hmm. yourself and, you know, not really paying attention? Like paying attention to what you're eating and when and how much is a great first start. Yes. And yeah, again, if you're not someone who it's helpful to count all of those things, don't do it. You don't need to. Mm -hmm. That was a great point, Becky. Something simple too. You're talking about eating and not being aware of how much you're eating. I mean, a I hate it, but it's a good rule for a thumb that I try to follow. Don't eat anything out of the bag. Put it in a bowl. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, don't eat anything out of the package. Put it on a plate. Put it on in a bowl. That can be your goal. Yeah. Maybe that's your goal. And that's a great way to learn your portions instead of eating the entire bag of chips or whatever it is. I mean, I've definitely done that. Buy a bag of Doritos (laughs) and it's gone in half an hour. And I'm like, what happened? What happened? Where did they go? (laughs) Someone stole my Doritos. (laughs) Someone sneak over here when I wasn't looking. (laughs) All right. Well, we're so excited that we are back with a new series and excited to talk next week about goal setting. Woohoo! Becky's favorite topic. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So join us. We hope today helped you with food. If you if you've had a bad relationship with food, know that you're not alone. Absolutely. Ash and I shared ours, and hopefully these tips will help you out as you start into 2021. Talk to you next time. Bye.